Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. All right. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm so excited about this episode because I don't think I've done one like this before where I'm sharing what were some of the common themes coming up in client sessions over the last few weeks. And there's a couple really poignant ones that I think they kept coming up again and again and again with so many different individuals that I was like, oh my gosh, enough that I recognized it and enough that I was like, I think this is worth talking about and sharing because it might be really resonant for many other individuals as well. The first thing I want to share though before diving into that is two things. I just want to reiterate the announcement that the Zido Hand Cradle Rental Program is now available. I'm going to put a link down below for that. I I updated the Zido Remote page on my website. So now it explains what do you need for a remote Evox appointment? What are the tech requirements? And it also details all of the the hand cradle rental terms and conditions. So you guys can find all of that information there. The second thing I want to say is don't forget about the Evox membership program, which has been so amazing for so many of my clients and I'm so, so happy about. So the membership program is it's $89 a month for one returning client Evox. But the great thing about the membership is if you do want to book additional sessions within the month, they're all at that same membership rate. So a normal returning client Evox session is 125. So it's really great savings. And my hope was just with the membership program to make it much more, just even more accessible. Same thing with the hand cradle rental program. How can I make Evox as accessible as possible. So I just wanted to share those two little announcements and reminders, but getting to today's episode. So trends, client trends over the last few weeks, or just themes coming up within client Evox sessions over the last few weeks. The first one I want to start with is weight loss. I've had multiple different individuals mention in their Evox sessions that they want to start looking at weight loss through the lens of Evox, through the lens of the subconscious. And there's really something to be said here. And I just want to make a couple points with this. The individuals who reached out, all of them had the same story, which is no matter what I do, I can't lose weight. And absolutely, of course, to be thorough, I have to say, of course, there can be physiological reasons that we're not able to lose weight. However, there certainly can be emotional root causes that are preventing us from losing weight. And I just want to quickly touch on what some of those might be. So when you look at Louise Hay or when I reference my um, like almanac for potential emotional root causes to ailments, and that's it's an amazing book. I'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> One of the biggest emotional root causes to overweight, being overweight, unable to lose weight is anger and particularly repressed anger towards parents. 
And every individual that I was working with over the last month, they were kind of nodding in resonance of, okay, yeah, that tracks a little bit. And so that's one thing that I want to throw in there is, do we, do I need to do some processing around unresolved anger, repressed anger in life in general, but specifically towards my parents? That can be a key thing that we look at when there's stubborn weight that we just can't seem to lose. But the second thing here is if we're looking at this from the perspective of the subconscious is only ever trying to protect us. So a big one here is what am I afraid will happen if I lose weight? And some of the thought processes we go through is when I picture myself being the ideal weight that I want to be, going through life, interacting with individuals, what is the felt sense there? Does that feel safe or do I feel nervous? Do I feel vulnerable? Do I feel exposed with that? I think sometimes weight can very well be a form of protection. I don't get as much attention or maybe subconsciously I think I won't get as much attention if I weigh more. Therefore, I'll be protected. The deeper subconscious beliefs and fears that might be contributing to that weight gain or the inability to lose the weight can be different for all of us. But some of the things that come up there are, is it safe to lose weight? Is it about not wanting attention on a subconscious level? But it also could be something like, well, weight is my community. Maybe many other individuals in my family struggle with weight as well. And on a subconscious level, I'm afraid that if I lose this weight, I won't be able to connect with them anymore. Or um, they won't feel like they can connect with me as much anymore. I think the key piece here is so many of these fears are in the subconscious. Consciously, we're not thinking this. Consciously, we're like, of course I want to lose weight. Of course I deserve to lose weight. Of course it's safe to lose weight. What do you mean? But there definitely can be on a subconscious level some deeper fears that are telling us it's not safe. I won't be accepted. It's dangerous. All of these different things. And those are some of the questions that we start to pursue on the topic of weight loss and ability to lose weight. So that was one trend. The second trend I want to talk about that came up multiple times over the last month was in relation to PTSD after cancer diagnosis. Now, specifically the the individuals I was working with, it was cancer and how they feel themselves after the cancer, even once they were in remission, there has been a level of health hypervigilance that they just haven't been able to let go of. What I want to quickly say here is I think this intense health hypervigilance can also show up in relation to other health ailments. It doesn't always have to be cancer. Maybe you had you know, a, a stroke that came out of nowhere. Maybe you had a severe car accident. Maybe you had some other kind of health scare. And after the fact, you've noticed that now you're incredibly hypervigilant with your health any ache or pain that shows up, you're you're questioning, oh my gosh, what is going on? Am I okay? Am I dying? And first of all, I just want to validate that so much because again, the subconscious is only ever trying to protect us. What an incredibly scary experience to go through something like cancer, to go through a life-threatening illness and the subconscious goes, okay, whoa, that was scary, that was dangerous. 
We never want to experience that again. Therefore, if we worry and obsess about this every minute of every hour of every day, hopefully that'll protect us from ever having to experience that again. (laughs) Now, that our conscious brains, I think we're able to see that that's counterproductive. Actually, that chronic stress, that chronic fear can be debilitating, can be exhausting, and can be ultimately harmful to our health. But the subconscious doesn't always see it that way. It's I, I often say to clients, it's kind of like this, the idea of keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. If I just obsess about this, if I keep this on the top of my mind, then it won't be able to catch me off guard. And that scary thing won't happen again. So some of the work we do around this in Evox is starting to work with the subconscious and let it know that thank you for trying to protect me with this hypervigilance. However, number one, this hypervigilance isn't actually achieving what you think it is. And these are like conversations we're having with ourselves in an Evox session. This hypervigilance really isn't achieving what you think it is. In fact, it's maybe causing a little bit more harm than good. Or at the very least, it's causing some level of dis-ease within me to be constantly worrying about my health all the time. But number two, the real message that we want to give to the subconscious is there are other ways to protect myself from that. Because I think what happens is the subconscious just kind of clicks into gear and goes, boom, here's how I'm going to protect myself. And it doesn't think there's any other options available. And so when we can start to expand what it could look like to be on top of my health, be aware of what's going on within my body, but starting to believe and feel safe that I don't need to worry about this all the time in order to prevent something like that from happening again. I also think a big part of allowing the subconscious to let go of that hypervigilance pattern, though, is to do some emotional processing around that core event. Am I still, when I think about that, is it still incredibly triggering and incredibly activating? If so, there probably are some more emotions around it that might need to be looked at, processed, and released a little bit. I just have seen time and time and time again that when there are unresolved emotions, repressed emotions related to events of the past, it keeps us stuck in those old patterns. It keeps us stuck in those fears so much longer. And when we can go and start to release the emotions around it, that maybe at the time of the event, it wasn't safe for us to release those emotions, to acknowledge, to speak those emotions out loud, or maybe we didn't have the vocabulary to even express that. Maybe we were such in a survival mode that we weren't even in tune with what was going on. It's so important after the fact at some point to kind of come back and let some of those emotions come up and come out. And what I have found also time and time again is once we do do that emotional attunement, emotional acknowledgement, and emotional release, the subconscious is able to like let go of the fears associated with that experience and shift into more expansive patterns so much easier, so much quicker. This was a topic I'm just remembering as well that my good friend Diana and I talked about in one of our interviews on the podcast because she is a breast cancer survivor 
And she talked about the PTSD she has experienced after cancer. And I think it was a really great conversation. So I'll put that in the show notes below as well, if anyone might find that uplifting or expansive. The last thing I'll throw in here in relation to this theme is it's been amazing to see with the clients that I've worked with this health hypervigilance around the the progress that they've made just through even a few sessions of Evox, working on the health hypervigilance, working on repressed emotions related to the initial events and experiences. And again, yeah, the peace that has been able to set in for them just seeing the intensity of that health hypervigilance go down and down a little more and a little more with each session, which I think is so inspiring, but also just so hopeful for anyone out there who is dealing with health hypervigilance. I think it can be incredibly exhausting. And just to know that they, first of all, it's not your body sabotaging you. It's your brain, it's your subconscious trying to protect you but it's trying to protect you based on a limited model. And so just know that there are there are some ways, I think, to work through that and to find some support through that. And it has been amazing to help provide that with some clients through Evox. Okay, so on to the third and final theme that has been coming up again and again and again and again over the last few weeks. I'm feeling so excited about this one because not only every time that it's come up, it has been such an epiphany for clients when they realize that this pattern has been manifesting for them. But I think it's also been a bit of an epiphany for me as a practitioner because this pattern has rung true for every single person that I've worked with over the last month and a half. And so there's something now, of course, that's anecdotal. That's the individuals that I'm working with. But there is something that on some level is universal here that I think many, many, many of us are struggling with. And so I'm so excited to dive into this a little bit today. So very often with clients, we are taught we're going back to childhood. We're talking about what the environment was like in the home we grew up in what the dynamic was life like with our caretakers. And there's a lot of wounds there. You know, individuals saying that I really felt like I had to earn my parents' love. I didn't, I never got their attention unless I was being an overachiever, unless I was going above and beyond. Maybe it was my, my mom was always telling me I needed to look prettier. I'm not pretty enough, but she was always complimenting other other women's daughters around me. And so I felt like I just, until I was pretty enough, I wouldn't receive her love. Another one that came up recently with a client was feeling like one of her caretakers, it was always false promises with this person. And they would promise we were going to do this, this, and this the next day. And there was never any follow through. And it led to such, such deep disappointment. And Without fail, the question I ask all of them is, am I treating myself the same way that my parents or caretakers treated me as a child? If my parents, if it felt like there was unconditional love with my parents, if it felt like I have to be perfect to receive their love and approval, am I mirroring that? Am I mimicking that in the way I treat myself? If I don't feel like I had a perfect day, 
How do I talk to myself? How do I treat myself? Do I show myself love or do I withhold it on a subconscious level? If I feel like I don't look pretty enough, how am I talking to myself? How am I treating myself? Am I accepting myself or am I repeating that same pattern? And it has been wild and amazing to see the light bulb go on in their eyes when, you know, I can kind of see in their minds, it's like, holy shit, I, I have been treating myself the exact same way for however many years, whether it be 22 years, whether it be 45 years, whether it be 75 years. And there's several points that I want to make here in relation to this specific pattern of treating myself on some level the same way that I was treated by my caretakers, by my parents as a kid. The first one is let's give ourselves grace because the reality is this level of treatment, this dynamic, this is what was modeled to us as kids. This is what my little brain observed. This is how we treat people. And so it makes a lot of sense that the brain just goes, okay, I guess this is how we treat people, including myself. The second part of this though, that I think is so important is very often the deeper subconscious belief connected with it, especially if we weren't, you know, we weren't treated well, or we weren't treated in a way that we wanted to be treated is our little child brain makes the conclusion that if I'm being treated this way, I must deserve to be treated this way. I must not deserve to be treated better. And therefore, not only is this what I'm going to come to expect from other people in my life, whether it's friendships, whether it's partnerships, but I'm also going to treat myself this way because I don't deserve to be treated better. And the final piece that I want to add to that is clients are coming in and of course we have childhood wounds and we're not negating that fact. We need to work through those. However, I think what we're not realizing, and by the way, I do this too. And when when I realized that I had this pattern as well, it was a light bulb moment for me as well. But what I realized is not only do many of us have the unresolved wounds from the past of how we were treated as a child, if we are continuing to subconsciously treat ourselves the same way, we are inflicting that wound on ourselves again and again and again and again. And so, yeah, we have the repressed stuff from the past that is continuing to fester, but then we're just reiterating that wound again and again, which causes more dis-ease within us, which causes more upset within us. So I think that can be a wonderful question for all of us to ask ourselves is number one, what was the dynamic like as a kid with my caretakers and see if you can distinguish it because often with each of our different caretakers the dynamic can be very different so what was the what was the dynamic like with mom with dad with mom and mom whatever my caretakers were what was the dynamic like with each of them and am i mimicking that same treatment of myself towards myself on some level and again, the you know pieces of the process of starting to let go of that pattern, if we are treating ourselves the way we were treated as kids, is doing some emotional release related to, to the childhood wounds, 
doing the deeper digging of what were the beliefs that my subconscious created based on how I was treated. Do I believe that I deserve to be treated this way? Do I believe I can learn how to treat myself differently? All of these different number of things. What are the beliefs associated with those early childhood experiences and how I was and on how I was treated? Those are super important because we need to identify what those beliefs are because we can't just bypass it. We've got to identify those so that we can get in there and start to tell the subconscious a new story. But one of the pieces that I love about this is I love asking clients to have some internal dialogue with themselves, with their inner child, and just saying something something to their self along the lines of, you know, gosh, I didn't realize I was treating myself the same way. I didn't realize I was inflicting the same wound on myself. And I'm so sorry for that. I deserve to be treated well. I, I can learn how to treat myself well. And if I don't quite believe that I deserve to be treated well, I'm committed to doing the work to get myself there. And if I don't quite know how to treat myself well, how to love myself well, how to protect myself well, I'm kind of making this commitment to myself that I don't quite know how to do that yet, but I'm committed to learning how. And that has been profound for myself. I think that has been profound for clients as well. Of course, with Evox, there's many other questions we're getting to. There's many other um, roots and kind of processes that we're using to release the repressed emotions, to expand the subconscious into the new pattern that we're trying to integrate and into the safety that we can let go of this old pattern that we've been stuck with for some time. So that's it. Those were really the three key trends that I was seeing come up over these last few weeks. And I hope, you know, I hope they were helpful. I thought it was, I thought it was kind of a fun idea this week to share those because if they are resonating with anyone, these are topics that I'm actively working through with clients and seeing growth, seeing improvement with them. And so I would love to continue to work through that with anyone. Um, And of course, any number of things. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. Again, I think it was fun to get to share some of these trends. I hope there's some resonance there for each of you. As always, I am so eager to hear your feedback, to hear your comments, to hear how this supported you and or to answer any questions that are coming up. So definitely feel free to reach out, whether it's through email, whether it's through social media. I would love to hear from you guys. So with that, until next week, 